Podcast. I am your host, Alex Wynn, aka Nuge. We have the last episode of the season for you guys, and we got a full squad. So, first we have Junwan. How are you, Jun? Here we are. It's like it's a it's a ritual, like every year. <laughs> second, <laughs> round, <laughs> second round exit, and here we are. And this season pod, baby. Here we are. And now we have a guy who, when June, you weren't here, when he joined the initial chat, was all smiles. And that is <laughs> Dave DeMacco. It is the off-season pod is upon us. It is my time to shine. This is where I thrive, and I'm ready to go, baby. Let's uh, let's talk. Let's talk off-season moves, what's in front of us, where do we go from here. Oh, I love it. Let's do it. I bought Zoom Premium just for this episode. <laughs> so we are not limited to 40 minutes. So we will be able to talk every about everything we want to, including the off-season. But last but not least, we have J.B. Mudbones. Um. I was numb after game six. Sunday didn't even hurt. I was like, I went in with low expectations and we were down three at half. It felt like we were down 15 and I was in the shower by the mid third quarter. That shit was junk. (laughs) I completely agree with you. So let's recap. Our last pod was the day after game one. Way different back then. James Harden had 45 points, hits a game winner over Al Horford. That same day that we record the pod, Joel is announced as the MVP winner. Game two, Embiid returns. Celtics blows out. Game three, Embiid receives his MVP trophy, makes me cry. And then no one else showed up. Celtics win again, 2-1. Game four. Seemed like the Sixers got off to a big lead and then they were going to do one of their classic chokes. But P.J. Tucker and James Harden saves the day. James Harden's second amazing game, 42 points, hits the game winner in overtime. Sixers win 2-2. Game five. Mm. I was in Wisconsin. Mm. That was seemed like the must-have game. And the Sixers win in convincing fashion. We start to think, oh no, could they... Could they actually do this? <laughs> they go on game six at home in Philadelphia to close out, and they could uh they could change the course of history. They start slow in game six, fall their way back. Crowd is amazing the entire game. Crowd wasn't even seeing ghosts like they have in the past when the Celtics were, you know, hanging in there. The crowd was really deserved that win. But then the tie game, five minutes left. The Sixers absolutely fold, and they score, I think, two points for the rest of the game, and I think those two points were from Jaden Springer. Jason Tatum steps up like a superstar should. We're going to Game 7. Game 7. Oh, man. P.J. Tucker hits three threes to start the game. We have an early nine-point lead. James Harden decides to be an idiot. Gets a flagrant foul. Game changes from there. Three-point deficit at halftime becomes a 
deficit after three quarters. We got outscored 33 to 10 in that third quarter. 33 to 7, really, after I think Tobias made the first shot of that quarter. And Embiid and Harden seemed like they never show up. Sixers get blown out. And once again, like Gene said, it's a ritual. We are going home after the second round. So I'm going to give you guys the floor. Give me your reactions, anything you want to talk about. We will piggyback off of it. And I'm going to start with you, June. How are you doing? Oh, boy. Man, when we won game five, man, I, I really thought this is it. Monkey's going to be our, off our backs. This is how we're going to beat the Celtics. This is how the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum duo tandem is going to is going to end like it was there. That opportunity for us to just end that was there. But boy, man, just like how we've watched this team fold year after year, game 6 was 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 it? <clears throat> Like that was do or die for us. And I think I predicted that we had a 49% chance of being the Celtics in six. I thought that was gonna come into fruition, but but god damn it, we we were just the Sixers and we just had to end this way. And god damn it. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Dave. You're next. Uh, I mean, yeah, after game five, it was right there. It was in our hands. The The ball was in our hands and it just slipped right through our fingertips. And we thought it was different, you know, because we had the dogs this year. But ultimately, like June said, it's, it's the same old Sixers. And what's the constant? What's the constant? The same old mopey Joel Embiid. And it hurts to say because <clears throat> we like – we were all in on this guy. He was the he was the crown jewel of the of this past decade of rebuild, and uh, he's the guy we hitched our wagon to. And it's just the ultimate high of him finally getting recognition of MVP just a, a few short days ago. To here we are now to just to see him a total no show, just a total fucking pathetic, disgraceful, unacceptable no show in the biggest game of his career against the the boogeyman Boston Celtics and 40-year-old Al Horford, who just seems to always have his number, and he just didn't even try. It just looked like he didn't even try. They were just ripping the ball from his hands, and and he was forcing it. He abandoned the face-up game, and he just let us down big time. And then unfortunately, it was pretty defining. It was era-defining. It's career-defining. It's humiliating. And um, we've, like... The, the typical Philadelphia stigma, you know, that we boo our team and all the bullshit that the national media likes to always bring up. Like we've everybody was patient with this guy and rallied behind him and like like, you know, just really just gave this dude every chance in the world. And just for him to spit in our face like that and and just not even leave it all out there. Like he just looked like he gave up and he was the moment was too big for him. And it's uh it's painful, but I don't know. I don't know what happens from here. I mean, that was it's a bummer because that was the best chance they'll ever have to do it. And uh him and our two superstars, Joel Embiid and James Harden, just flat out came up short. I don't even know if that was Doc's fault. 
the role players seemed to show up. Tucker hit the three, had 11 points in the first quarter. Melton was playing good defense and he had a couple layups. He made up for his game, all his game six wide open misses in the fourth quarter, it seemed. And, uh, you know, Maxi and Tobias played all right. They were getting buckets, but it just, our two franchise players didn't it just, it was the moment was too big. And here we are to pick up the pieces and, and figure out where to go from here. We are going to talk a lot about Joel Embiid. Um, Kyle Newbeck, Philly voice beat writer, called it a career-defining choke job. But before we get there, JB, your opening words for this podcast. Everyone's a bunch of losers. Like, I'm not blaming Doc. I I think Doc will get canned, and I'm not going to obviously argue against it. But we did not lose that series because of Doc. We lost because of our two alleged superstars. And I'm I'm pissed at Embiid too. Um, I I don't think I could ever still not like him because although brutal, these last ten years have been kind of fun <laughs> for the few glimmers of hope that we've had along the way. Mostly when uh, we weren't competing. Um, but I was scrolling through Twitter as everyone was talking and I, I saw a tweet from, from nifty Sean, Sean comp. And I think it's great. Uh, I don't know something about John Clark tweeted that Toby said that mental toughness was once again, an issue for the Sixers, which is what three years in a row or whatever, sure. 10 years in a row. And Sean said, teams take on the personality of their best player. I, I'll make it plural and say players. And that is, in my opinion, spot on. Like, I used yep. to get upset with him being that he wasn't a vocal leader, which is maybe that was unfair because not everyone's born to be Patrick Beverly, PJ Tucker, one of those crazy nut jobs that just scream <laughs> in a good way. But being a like a on the court detractor, like not leading by example from your two superstars that seem to check out anything time things aren't going their way is embarrassing and pitiful for someone who's year 10 or for hardening year 23 or whatever in the NBA. Like you like Maxi and PJ were like carrying the weight on their shoulders because there's, they're the only guys that team seem to be able to combine maybe like, Vocally leading, which is crazy. Maxie's like 15 years old and performing well. I mean, PJ usually scores zero, but he always tries hard on defense. And he led our team in scoring or whatever for the first start of the, for the start of the game. Like absolute choke job. I'm haven't even digested any of the interviews and stuff because I just don't care. It's the same shit over and over again. I don't want Harden back. Unless it's for just opt in and get your one year, run it back. It's not going to work. I don't care though. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I see that we super max him or whatever, give him four years. I I'll be watching more Phillies games next year. Oh mm-hmm. well, let's start with Embiid. Um, absolute gutless performance. <clears throat> um, I don't know if you guys. Read my Twitter after Game Six, but I, I think I agree with Joe. I think I grieved mostly after Game Six. And that's maybe why I'm kind of at peace with it right now, and I really am. I I feel like that Game Seven loss would devastate me more, but 
I I think I'm just kind of numb to it. Uh, Joel Embiid, you guys heard my my voicemail after post game six of me mm-hmm. screaming into my phone. I don't know. I don't feel like playing that. Uh, I was gonna say I, I have it archived. If you don't, but well, we they, the people don't even hear that. <laughs> that was a dark place. Um, sometimes your MVP has to be the MVP, and I'm gonna ask you guys this in a bit, or kind of a silly question in a bit, but we gave the guy every excuse in the book for the last five years, and some of them deserve. He planned to play with Ben Simmons. He had some injuries. And then when it comes to game six, where I don't care what anyone says, like the role players are struggling. It's a complete slugfest, so super sloppy. You're at what, 72 points, 83 points, um, and you're tied. That's the moment where you're kind of looking for your MVP to just take you home. And he's never had a career defining playoff game. And that was his opportunity. And he just didn't do it. He just completely disappeared. And I saw there was a debate about whether it was his fault or not, but you heard him post game saying what happened in those last three minutes. And he said something along the lines of I, the ball didn't come to me or I didn't get the ball. I didn't touch the ball. And I think that's unacceptable. I really do. I, I think I know he there's a point guard and I know he's not bringing the ball up the court, but you're seven foot two and you're the MVP. If you want the ball, you better demand the ball. And people were saying like Glenn didn't draw a place for him to get the ball and Harden was dribbling around. I don't care. You're the leader of the team. You're the most valuable player. If you want the ball, you make sure you get the ball. And like, I just don't think it's acceptable. Do you think Shaq didn't get the ball and just said it didn't come to me? No, like it just, I think that's unacceptable. And maybe he just, no, not maybe he isn't who we thought he was. And I've come to terms with that. And I think we've talked, we've, we might've said on the pod in the past, like we've, always kind of had little inklings that he might be a little bit of a loser. He had his chance to really make his mark in Sixers history and failed miserably. So I don't know where we go from here. I'm going to ask you guys that in a bit, but the first thing I want to ask you guys is how silly do you feel that we put so much trust in Joel Embiid and I don't know. How do you feel about being wrong about who you thought he was? Dave, you smiled. I'm going to start with you. Yeah, I just got to say, first and foremost, my dad is vindicated, who's been on the Embiid's a big softy case for years now. And of course, you know, I put my my stupid millennial blinders on and said, no, 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 you just can't. You're not appreciating greatness. You're you're a prisoner of the W. UIP moment and you're going to it's going to be another 20 years till we get a guy like this and you'll wish you uh, you know lived in the moment and appreciated the greatness uh, but he's been vindicated he is a big indeed a big softy and uh I feel silly for defending him my I got to give a shout out to my barber Lou electric barbering in Morristown and and uh Haddonfield he's lucky he gives a great haircut cuz he's the worst he's he's from New York he's a New York sports fan uh but he's a Lakers fan so he likes the the Yankee, not the Knicks. Every New York team, but the Knicks. He likes the Yankees, the Giants, but he's a Lakers fan. 
So I just like say every time I see him, I'm like, oh, dude, you're a Yankees, Lakers, Cowboys fan. Because anybody that likes the Yankees and the Lakers obviously likes the Cowboys too. And they're the rings, you know, count the rings, one of those people. So anyway, moral of the story is he, Lou also, like my dad, has been on the Embiid's a softy train for the, for the, since I've known him. And uh, I, I look like I've been on a deserted island right now because I missed my last haircut last Friday. And I, I texted him. I said, dude, my guy's getting his MVP ceremony tonight. I can't come to my haircut. I have to watch it. And he had one response to my text message. He said, MVP, most vaginal player. And he's right. <laughs> he was right. He was right. And I was wrong. And uh, I'll have to send him this episode. I don't even know if he knows I have a Sixers podcast, but he's about to find out. But uh, yeah, most vaginal player. It's so true. It's it's unbelievable. And uh, where do we go from here? I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's once every 20 years you get a guy like this. It was AI. We drafted AI in 95. We drafted MB in 2014. And I don't know when the next one's going to be, but when you get a guy like this, you know, even if he does continue to time and time again, come up short in the biggest moments, it's like, you don't trade that guy unless he asks for a trade. So that kind of leads us into the off season. It's like, I feel like that's going to, that dictates everything. What does he, cause you can't just trade him unless there's one magical scenario that maybe we'll get to that. I'm holding out hope until tomorrow night, but uh, I don't want to get into that too early, but yeah, put a pin in that. Yeah. Put a pin in that. I want, we'll, we'll get to that a little teaser there, but yeah, I mean, he's the most vaginal player and what do we do? We have to keep him. We have to keep him because you don't just trade him. You know, he has to demand a trade. And does he have the balls to demand a trade after no showing like that? I don't think he will. But the tweets tweets that he's probably reading are are probably pretty. (laughs) I feel a little bad for him, although he deserves it. To to your original question, I do not feel silly. Um, defending him or rooting for him, whatever the right terminology is. Like we, I think all you can really ask for, and this is up for debate, but like he gave us a glimmer of hope um, and it was fun, at least early on. Like, I I don't know, flip a coin. If I'd rather have a hope and be disappointed or just have no hope and just accept uh, an eighth or seventh, whatever seed, like, I don't know. It was fun. I mean, odds were always that any individual player is not going to lead their team to a championship. But what a recency bias. Oh, my God. Disgusting. Well, before you just pivoted to disgusting, sorry to interrupt. That's why I'm I'm heavily leaning towards run it back one more time. And uh, I believe Nude said it earlier, and it didn't even hit me until I saw it in writing. But – Harden's going to opt in because guess what? He can, he can, he can, he's going to, he think about it. He can tease that he's going to go back to Houston and get, you know, four years, 300 million, all he wants. Who the fuck is paying him after that performance? The answer is nobody. And the, the second answer is he can opt in for a $35 million player option next year. Guess what? That's his last big payday before he's playing in China probably in a couple seasons and he's going to opt into it. He has to, cause he's not getting a fucking long-term max contract from anybody else. And guess what? Again, after that performance, he no longer has leverage where he can threaten to go to another team. Cause guess what? You want to go somewhere else? See ya motherfucker. I'm not giving you four years, $300 million. Let some other dumb team do it. 
which isn't going to happen because nobody's that dumb. Even Tillman Fertitta has, has wisened up over the years. He, he was the last the last idiot. And uh, who's the newest owner, Ishbia? He's usually it's always the new owners that do something stupid, like like pay James Harden when he's 35 years old. And he just traded for Kevin Durant. So that checks that box. He can't go to Phoenix and get a max contract. So I truly believe Harden opts into his final year to next year is Tobias's final year of that just ungodly albatross of a fucking five year max contract. Can't believe we're entering year five of that hell, that hellish scenario. It's almost over. Thank God I see the light. But he's uh, he's back for one more year and beads. Four-year super max extension begins next year. PJ Tucker is under contract for two more years. The Anthony Melton's you know, his last year next year. Uh, House is going to opt in. Montrez Harold probably is going to opt into his two point seven million dollars. I don't know who else is going to give him that, but it just seems like this core is coming back one more time. And like, if that's the case, wow. do you are how are they going to respond? Like, okay. Between coach and, and roster, this is the this core has been together for one and a half seasons. You know, minus PJ, who's been here for one full year, and Melton, who's been here for one full year. But the core of our f- top four players, Embiid, Harden, Maxi, and Tobias, have been together for one and a half years now. Is that the longest core of of continuous core of Embiid's decade here? Have we ever kept one core roster together for more than one and a half seasons before doing some fucking summertime or midseason blockbuster trade and you start from scratch again? Like this is the yeah. we this is the first semblance of continuity we could actually have. And if that's the case, you want to fire a fucking coach and start go get a new coach with a new system who the players might not respond to. We know that they at least were behind Doc for most of the year, right? I mean, seriously, they were it was you know, quote unquote, good vibes all year. They all kind of rallied behind each other. And, you know, the coach was sticking up for his guys and saying, and Doc was actually okay. We hate Doc as much as we hate Tobias and Elton Brand, but Doc wasn't as bad as he's been in years past. And um, I don't think he's the reason we lost. I think it's like we said, it was on our two fraud stars, but, you know, there's still talent that's not easy to come by. And it's a make or miss league, like Doc said, you know, a couple, couple bounces in, in game six and who knows, but. Mm. It's uh, I don't know. I I would try one more time, and if and if that doesn't work, then it's detonation time. Because like I said, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of expiring contracts next year, assuming Harden and Harden opts in mainly, and uh, I I tend to believe he will. What do you guys think about that? I think I, I don't I, think. I, I'm sorry, did you go? I just want to say really quick, that is a total 180 from what you were saying yesterday, what we were yeah. saying yesterday. Uh, and and yeah, I have uh, a, I have a real quick before you guys go and I'll shut up for a while, but everything I just said, I have a cherry on top and that I'll get to after, after you guys all comment. All right, cool. Say that. Jamie, what were you saying? Jamie, balls, pink pong balls. No, that's still, that's a, that's a, that's extra whipped cream for the, for the end. I think I'll, if I were to bet, I, I don't think Harden opt in. And I think either a team is dumb enough to pay him a lot of money or Daryl's dumb enough to pay him a lot of money. I won't even entertain that. I don't, I like, I, I think yeah, that's, dude. <laughs> that can't happen, dude. The, you can't, yeah, he can't be that married to a guy. I'm and I'm with you, Dave. Let's assume that you were right on that front. <laughs> that does not get a better offer and just is forced to opt into the 30, only $36 million. <laughs> right. Um, 
I think there's no way they run it back, and I don't even want to see it. I think there's no way that 2.5 years of cont- continuity continuity uh, <laughs> leads to a leads to a finals win. It's just it's I, I read a couple of the tweets. They're all already salty about each other. Doc's answers are awkward. Harden's answers are didn't a tweet already come out that like Harden's decision about coming back depends on if Doc's here or not. Didn't Ramona yeah. tweet that? That's like, insane. I think That's insane. I think he's a loser to as a player pin this on the coach, but I don't know. I'm almost like Brett and I love Brett way more than I've ever even come close to loving doc or even liking doc, but it's, it just seems like his approach of letting the players figure it out and trust each other and be a player's coach is just, it's not going to work for them. Give me someone that's got some, Exciting new ideas and a and a give me a system offense. I don't care. Um, I'll meet you in the middle. I'll meet you in the middle. If it's not going to be Doc, you can't just. I just have a weird feeling about bringing in a totally new guy that's got to build his totally new staff and trying to mesh that all together with the current players that are here. If Doc's got to be gone, and I would love for him to be gone because we all, like I said, we all can't stand him. It's time for Sammy to shine. Just bring uh, yeah. bring I Sam Cassell up. Just push Sam Cassell up to head coach and let him you know, bring in his guys because at least there's a, a similar voice in the lot. Maybe they'll respond better to him. You know what I mean? He definitely seems like he's got way better energy than fucking doc rivers, grumpy, stubborn doc rivers. Sam Cassell is just a ball of energy with that fucking billion dollar smile that lights up the room. I just get, yeah, just get, one more year. Sam Cassell. I actually like that more than keeping doc. I can't believe I suggested keeping doc. If we run <laughs> it back. Cassell, um, I I'm I'm vested. I'm in. Yeah. Like, yes. There I, I need the season tickets. I shouldn't say that. I I still have no faith that you'll they, entertain one more chance if they run it back with Cassell. I'll entertain putting on NBC Philadelphia in the background all night if 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 they run it back with Sam Cassell. If they run it back with Doc, I might watch Impractical Jokers. If they, <laughs> if they I I can't even think of scenarios. I could root for Cassell like I root. For, he's almost like. The coach version of Maxi, just because they're so tight. <laughs> yeah. They're fun. They're cool. They they seem to have a good blend of players, coach, plus knowing what they're talking about. Yeah, I, I could do that. But a full on rerun, I'm. Yeah, I'm that's awesome. exhausting. You're right. You're right. Okay, so it's hard and opt in. Bring generally everybody back with Sam Cassell as the coach. We could all. I mean, I'd we still could all rather. Get I'd rather Sam Cassell be coach hard and get some offer from Houston mm. and we get someone I'd rather watch. Cause again, with regardless of the coach, I think Harden and Embiid is not winning a title. I don't care if they have insert boot and holes or whoever's considered like one of the best coaches, not Nick nurse, Nick nurse, who is out there, not Nick nurse. He, he could cr- coach great, but not two losers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe. It, it's the personalities we need. Yeah, it's true. It's true that true. leads by example. Give me Devin Booker. How Give about me. what about what about year four Maxi? Oh, I love that. Does year four Maxi <laughs> take another leap? I think he's become the alpha. I think he could jump. I don't know if he could leap. I think like was that a year early on my prediction? What's that? When I last year I said Embiid was going to fall off and Maxi was going to become the the one A. Was that one year early? I I hope because I think a modern a championship winning uh, offense uh, is is guard or yeah there's no way you can't win where <laughs> your offense revolves around a seven footer 
Um, or unless he's Jokic. (laughs) 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 Unless he's MVP Jokic. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Nuge, you didn't like like Maxi 1A. Talk to us, Nuge. I love Maxi. I think he's awesome. (laughs) I I like having the idea of someone so likable on the team and rooting for him to do uh, what he does, which is amazing. And, And the progression he's had over the last three years has been Absolutely incredible. No one could have seen that coming, especially his three-point shooting. He has the attitude. Top, top 10 player next year. That's, uh, that's a bit of a stretch, though. <laughs> give me, give me watching, watching him struggle versus the Celtics was rough. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have as bad of a series as he could have. And he had some bright moments like game five. And he got better. He was He ascended. He ascended through the series, I think. Proof to the test, not fucking. He did. I, I liked how he stepped up and he wasn't scared, but like it just, I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded and just the thought of him taking another leap just seems, I don't know, seems unlikely. I, I, I feel like he's more, I feel like he's closer to his ceiling than away from it, if that makes sense. I, I don't know how much room is left of his ceiling. And I think he, hey, 22 years old. You know, you could play in this league for a long time. So maybe it, it's just like, it just seems like with these young players, it's growth is rarely like, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Linear, linear you know? So like, I, I think. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's power more uh, parabolic. You know what I mean? He could have a parabolic move next year. Yeah. He's an amazing <laughs> scorer. I, I, I just think he's, he's a little limited in his, in his move and his playmaking. And if he can prove his playmaking, I think that's the next big step for Maxi yeah, is the play. Absolutely. Um, and like you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking go to war with that guy. You know, I'll I'll like Embiid. What was my original question? Do you regret believing him? No, like Joe said, I I had a blast. It was way better mm-hmm. than being a perennial eighth seed with no hope. It you no know, hope, and you know we had hope and we felt a little bit alive. Like that was Dave. What you, what you say? Part like part of the process. The the plan was to play in games like we played in. The last few exactly days. the last few and I days. I should I should clarify that I feel I feel silly and embarrassed today and yesterday and probably yeah. for the next week or so. And I don't ultimately would I would I go through it all again? Fuck yeah, <laughs> absolutely yeah. fucking literally <laughs> five million percent. I do it all again because the point of the process. Yeah, it would have been nice to end in a championship, and who knows? It still might. They might run it back next year with Sam Cassell and get it done Dirk style <laughs> in Dallas, two thousand and whatever year that was, but. Um, the whole point was to be relevant because we weren't, we were just yeah. this, no one cared about the Sixers. It was the Iguodala was just, you know, he was the, the Tobias Harris, but without a Joel Embiid on the team. And it was fucking, it was miserable. No one gave a shit. We were the only ones that cared for some reason. And it was pathetic because we had no chance. And then they went, they tried to do make a splash new owners, dumb new owners trade for Andrew Bynum and they give up every Iguodala, Vucevic, and all our future picks for a guy that never played a single fucking game. So they hired Sam Hinkie to come in and, and bulldoze the burnt down fucking house and, and build it up from the bottom. And that uh, we drafted Joel Embiid and we got a decade of relevance, which is the whole point. You know, you're not, you're not going to fucking wave a magic wand and burn the team down and build up the fucking late 2000s Oklahoma City Thunder every time. That's once in a lifetime that happens. But we drafted a fucking future MVP and we had a almost decade of somewhat relevance. I mean, we, yeah, we never got past the second round, but we always felt like we had a chance, which is all you can ask for. I mean, 
I, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with 100%, but um, I'm just so shocked at the effort that was given in Game 7. And and maybe his knee was a thing. I don't think it was. He didn't talk about it. He didn't seem like he was favoring it. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, I just feel like even if we give him the benefit of the doubt there, it's just like there's always something with this guy. And I, I got to be honest, another year of it, Sounds really exhausting, and I'm glad we got out of our season tickets, JB. Um, welcome, I'm, welcome, fellas. I'm, back. I'm torn with what I want to happen. I, I think my first reaction was I thought we were out of moves, and I was almost kind of relieved, like, let's start this over again. June, I got to ask you, what do you want to happen? Are you okay running another back year back with Embiid, trying it again? Sounds exhausting. A new coach, new system sounds – I don't know. It's just like how we talked about Embiid hasn't had a continuous roster. It's just it's like, are we doing this again? And should we maybe sell high? Maybe a team's willing to give multiple first round picks, which we are pretty depleted of. And let, maybe let we Dave just start to rebuild again. Let, let Dave handle the ping pong after June talk. <laughs> June, what do you what do you want to happen? What do I want to happen? I feel like any answer I have is not a right answer and probably uh, i might be realistic but it's the right answer for you it's the right answer for you go ahead lay it all out there but what i personally want to happen i would love to see that fraudulent dude that somehow really played out his full max contract in philly gone (laughs) his name is tobias harris Mm. Uh, i would love to see that guy not in a Sixers uniform next year. Spicy. And we get someone else that doesn't make $39 million a year. And I don't know. It's not going to change everything. Like, we're not going to suddenly turn into a contender by trading away Tobias Harris. But if there's one move I would love to see is get rid of that dude. And I, you know, we just talked about hard enough to Man. I don't want to see him in Philly ever again. <laughs> Man, like, he did this whole thing, like, you know, John, what was his name? John Howe was, like, his lucky, like, luck charm and stuff. And yeah, what did, what did JV say that seems genuine? <laughs> what? He said it seems genuine. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, we lost. Let's just bring this kid that looks up to me. <laughs> Yeah, like, this whole thing, man. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to see that dude play in a Sixers uniform again. Mm-hmm. Go make your money somewhere in Houston or China, or now even <laughs> Phoenix is entering <laughs> the conversation now. Like, man, uh, I, I don't want to see him back. So, I guess, long story short, I guess I don't want to see this team run it back. What about Embiid? Man, damn. Fuck. <laughs> So that's the thing. I feel like if we keep Embiid, we gotta still try to be as good as possible. Yeah, because if not, what's the point? Right. I don't know. I'm like so disappointed in him, but it's it's his call. Like it's whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. He wants to do is gonna happen. Like the Sixers are gonna do whatever he wants to happen to happen. If he wants Harden back, Sixers will probably bring Harden back. If he wants Doc back, Doc's probably back. But man, I personally, I would not. I would hate to see me run it back with this core group. 
Like I would rather see Embiid and Maxi be our core, and I don't think it's good enough. Use like use like a five year window enough. and fill in pieces. Is this. Yeah, I, 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 but you know I what? Know. You can I tell you what I'm terrified of? Um, with every star, well, with a lot of stars, it just seems like there's a point where they peaked, and now you're just counting down the days until he asks out. And that's what I'm, and that's seems like a very dreadful situation. We did it with Iverson. Um, you've seen it happen with uh, Paul George, and like it's kind of happening right now with like Dame Lillard. Like you're just you're not good enough to contend, but you have a good player that's going to keep you in the playoff scenario. But you know you're not good enough, and it's just like you know you're not good enough, and you're just waiting until he asks out. And that just seems like a, it happened with like LeBron in Cleveland until he finally left. And it's just like that seems like a very unfun place to be in. And that's what I'm dreading. I'm dreading Harden leaves. Good. Fuck him. I don't want him here. Um, we can't fill in the rest of the roster because we're out of moves and we have no draft picks and we can't get a Dame Lillard or we can't get solid a solid replacement for without James Harden. Maxi. Without giving without up giving Maxi. Maxie. And then say you give up Maxi for Dame Lillard. And I don't know. He's he has a little bit of loser energy. And then it's Lillard and Embiid, and they're not good enough because the rest of the roster stinks. And it's just the point where you're just waiting for an aging Lillard and an aging Embiid to eventually ask out. And by that point, their values diminish. You don't get as much as you thought you were get for them. And I don't and know. I'm not saying OKC. I'm not saying OKC has your 2025 pick and Brooklyn has your 2027 pick. So they're hoping you trade Maxi for an aging Lillard. So him and Embiid can just decay together over the rest of the decade. Which, which Daryl might not care. He'll be gone by then anyway. And I, like, down, I don't mean that in like a, in like a negative way, but like, what are the odds? Like uh, there's so much turnover these days. So eventually you get scapegoated. I yeah. hot take uh, what June was saying. I like, after that game, I almost like forget about my my hate of Toby, which I hate's the wrong word. Like I would I would rather max I would re-sign Toby to a max extension before I signed Harden. Whoa. <laughs> I, I can't watch it. I can't watch the dribbling to four seconds left and and throwing a backwards pass like Simmons. It's it's not gonna work. So I might as well enjoy the players that are on the court and the offense that's ran. I don't want crossover dribbles to a hopeful foul baited three like we had it we had our chance it didn't work now everyone's going to hate each other so if we run it back they hate each other i (laughs) 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 i got a i got a couple questions to piggyback off of that i have no fucking idea but that's slow ass hard and bring up the ball until we have four seconds to make a play Mm. Drove me insane. I have mm. no idea how much of that is Harden versus Glenn. Mm. Harden, Harden. Yeah, he that he was that's what he did in Harden. Houston, right? Yeah, I think you're right, June. Because this like, guy was with D'Antoni. They did the what the ten seconds or less offense, and he's taking ten seconds to bring up the half court, eight seconds to bring up the half court, dribbles at the clock, and then like we're all killing Embiid, but then. Is Embiid in the, his best situation to try to make a play when the offense is just slow, clunky, and it just takes forever to get going? How much of that is on Embiid versus Harden? You know, sounds like actually, an easy sounds like an easy fix for Coach Sam Cassell. 
<laughs> Maybe two two weeks tops. He's got that figured out. But, but who knows? But to the Embiid haters, it's like, all right, here we go. Now we're we're pinning we're we're shifting blame to someone else when he was the MVP. Make it work. Um, but yeah. but on that topic, yeah. like, weren't wasn't at some point like Zach Lowe's big board or whatever it's called, like the Sixers were number one because our pick and roll was unstoppable. Did mm-hmm. Boston just literally say we're gonna put two guys up there? You can't pick and roll, and now we lose. Like, is was it that simple? I think Boston shut it down. They had a rolling in Game Five. It was Game Five was like a surgical orchestra of fucking offense. They were they were getting whatever they wanted, and it looked like unstoppable. And then they just totally. I guess the you know what the change Rob was. Williams. Rob Williams, Williams. The starting lineup, motherfucker. Is that so, so annoying? If it's yep. that simple to adjust to our dominant offense, then it wasn't dominant to begin with. Like, or maybe not. I don't know. It was. Let's said. He was ready for the lineup change. He said that before game six. He's like, we're ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would assume that we had, and I don't watch anywhere near enough non-Sixers basketball, but like, I would guess that we had the most shot attempts with three seconds or less in the shot clock than any other team. Yeah, and, I don't disagree with that. And they weren't like high-quality shots. <laughs> So here, oh, let's. Man. I'm gonna I'm gonna rope this in a little bit. So June, what does June want to see? He wants to see Toby and Harden gone. Figure it out from there. Yeah. Okay. Nuge, what do you want to happen? I want to rebuild. Like how how re- deep how deep of a rebuild are we talking like, here? Like Embiid traded. Wow. And that's Embiid traded. I don't. What's your What's your ideal What's your ideal haul for Embiid? I don't know. I gotta look at the team. I, I know multiple draft picks. We know that we know uh, the one that's been that we've been floating around for years now. Zion Williamson. Oh, John Morant. No. John okay, Morant. Maybe, yeah, John. He's got a little bit of a situation <laughs> in Memphis. <laughs> that's how everybody it, deserves a second chance for a star, right? <laughs> what are Pennsylvania's gun laws? <laughs> John Morant. Uh we got we got show and tell, we got Delilah's, we got Club uh, Rusquet, whatever he yeah. wants to go to. Uh I don't Love Embiid. I, I'm sorry, I forget who said it. I just, I'm kind of tired of having our offense based on this bruising post player in a period where like that's not dominant anymore. Like that's not a sustainable way to win in the playoffs. And we could talk all we want about Tobias Harris, and I, I think we had them. I hate we had the Celtics on the ropes, and Embiid came up small. That's why I think it happened. I, I know Harden has his. I had my issues with Harden, and it was just like <clears throat> they, they took away Embiid. Like Horford, absolutely stunned him. Like he was three of sixteen versus Horford in Game Seven in the last quarter, the last half in Game Six. Horford shut him down, and in Game Four, when TJ Tucker and Harden saved us, TJ Tucker had to yell at Embiid because Embiid didn't know what to do with Al Horford. He's forty years old. Oh my God, I don't know. I just like it's just. Embiid, I love him to death. He's like my favorite sixer of all time. It's so exhausting, man. It's it's just it, the offense is exhausting. The excuses are exhausting. The constant injuries are exhausting. It's like I don't, I, I am. I said this earlier. I think I would turn the page and be relieved. I really would. I feel like it'd be a huge weight off our shoulders. I feel like the yeah. pressure of winning a championship won't be there anymore. I kind of want to do a normal rebuild. I I think that's what I want to do. I think I I do admit 
it's probably a step too early to trade Embiid. Mm-hmm. But I know I don't know. I don't think we're winning anything with him. And and then to put this in the human perspective, it's very hard to win in the NBA. So like I'm I'm at after game six, I was killing him. I've let off a bit. I just maybe that's his best. And you know the guy just failed in the biggest moments of his career. I'm sure he's not taking it lightly. But maybe that's his best, and I don't know how much better we can play with him. It's it's just it's there's too much evidence in the past five years that he's just not a playoff performer. We've never gotten the signature MB game. His his stats dip dramatically in the playoffs, and maybe it's not his fault. Maybe it's because the playoffs teams slow down and they adjust and they know what to do. But I don't think it's a winnable formula in today's NBA. And I I do think I'm being a tad dramatic, but I kind of want to flip the page. That's that's what I want to do. So, Rebuild, trade Embiid. Yeah, there's no way we'll know the package, but you're let him let Harden walk, fire Doc, and bet Embiid for best offer. That's your that's your final Ooh, best offer. Juicy. Something that's like canalizing something like a young player, maybe like a Mikel Bridges type with multiple first round picks and some pick swaps. Maybe I I don't the Knicks don't have any players that yeah, I no. am interested in, but like. I think it would be really cool if MB pair with like Jalen Brunson. I think I think MB needs a needs a one A, and mm-hmm. I think yeah. Maxie's too young for it. I think Brunson could be that guy. Brunson, say about what you want about him in the regular season. He seems like a little kind of like a normal borderline all star in the regular season, but in the playoffs, that guy's a dog. Forty Jim. points a game, mm-hmm. you know. Um, sorry, I'm rambling, but I just I that's I, I listen the pitch. Okay, all right, so. You're not you and June are on the same page, except June's not quite getting rid of Embiid yet. Nuge, you want uh, the, I'll say, yeah, you want, you want I, the I weight off your back. back. You want I don't to want to run page? it back. Okay, all right. Yeah, absolutely, don't want to run it back. I'm okay. fine with Embiid another year, uh, but I think, I think they're out of moves, and I think the end is nearing. That's why. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, JB, me, give it to us. What do you want? So I want, and the player is I, I don't even have a player but what i want is harden long gone doc gone retain and bead and our new coach to play him like he he got his mvp let's focus on your other award that you've been dying for instead of being a, an eight like his game went from 50-50 dominant on offense to like he's uses more of his energy it seems on offense than defense let's flip the switch become a Become the non-focal point of the offense. Have some guard that I'm just wishful thinking. A 1A, Maxi be the 1B. A, a killer guard that creates his own shot that Harden was not the answer for. Like Tyrese Halliburton, maybe? Is that who you're talking about? I would love Halliburton. I, I love Booker if he's pissed at the Suns. Like, obviously, Ooh, all the names wow, are. Booker. I mean, give me any of those players. Um, I don't... Oh. Give me Embiid as a defensive specialist and an offensive tertiary strategy. And mm-hmm. let's run a guard-oriented offense with one of the most dominating defensive presences. Okay. Easier said than done. Because yeah. we, yeah, was... we can't get an 1A. <laughs> <They don't... Yeah. laughs> and I, don't, I don't even know if Embiid knows how to play any other way. You know, I don't know if he knows how to play with the offense not running through him. Well, that's why we have a coach that could actually <laughs> Do we have a coach? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. In this ideal scenario, we hire a coach that doesn't yeah, just sure. broadly say trust each other. That's the issue, trust. 
Oh, we're on top. <sighs> you regret the James Harden trade, JB? No. Um, I if the Halliburton trade was real, then I said it back then, day one. I was pretty steadfast on this. I would have rather had that deal. But I mean, we traded Ben Simmons for a player that convinced people we had a chance. I mean, we were the Vegas odds to win the championship for a, an hour or two. Like we were a real team, and Ben Simmons wasn't playing. Phenomenal trade, the Nets. Like great deal for Daryl, but. Uh, we'll never know if there are other deals out there at the time. And obviously in hindsight, I would have probably picked a bunch of others. June, do you agree? Yeah. I mean, when we won games, game five, we were the favorites to win the NBA title, according to one of the sports books. Like we, we never had that shot with Ben. It was never going to pan out. He was never, going to improve on his game and we were going to be stuck in limbo, probably worse situation than we were now. So that trade I think was worth it. I think it was worth it too. I think in hindsight, it's easy to, Ooh, that'd be real nice if we had Halliburton instead right now and buddy healed off the bench. Whoa, that would have been really nice too. That would have helped a lot, but like it just hardened matched the MB. This was always like for him to get someone on Embiid's timeline. You know, Harden and Embiid were both, you know, at the same similar stage of their career where they're very talented but had to get over the hump. And, you know, it just felt like it made more sense to align, you know, their timelines, whereas Halliburton is just he's he's young. And, yeah, again, I'd love right now it would be looking a lot better if he was locked up long term with Maxi as the backcourt of the future. And, you know, maybe things are different, but uh, I, I definitely it was a good trade and I would do I would make the same one again. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this question makes any sense, but like it's kind of been bothering me. I don't know why, but um, June mentioned the Sixers were favorites to win the championship after they won game five. Game six, you're tied with five minutes left. It seems like you were so close to possibly our best chance at a championship. Was it really? I don't know if this question makes sense. Was it really that close, or do you think it was only a matter of time before the better team, Boston, took over? It was very fuck. Listen, I was in the building, and I'm. I hate to be a ref guy, but whatever the fuck happened there, we had all the momentum. That third quarter was so much fun. The whole crowd, like I've never been in an environment like that before. Like we could smell it. We had it. We had it in our fucking hands. And then they call the clear path foul on Maxi. Go to the booth for three minutes. I was standing there screaming. That's a, a fifth grader knows that's a clear path foul what are we revealing here? And then they let Embiid shoot the foul shots and then we're supposed to get the ball back, but they go back to the booth and then they take the points away because Maxie's got to be the one to shoot them. And just what a, what an, an embarrassing blunder from that fucking ref ref crew. And that, guess what? That iced us. We didn't score again. We had all the momentum. We had all the, and they fucking iced us out of the game and we didn't score again. And Tatum hits four threes and it's over. Like that was fucked up. That was absolutely fucked up. And that's why I would, so uh, there's two things that I would want. The first thing that I really, truly want, I'm with you, Nuge. I, I want to, I would, you know, sell high. And as, you know, the proverbial sell high, as they say in the stock world, you know, Embiid is, this is, I thought last year was the top of the mountain. This is likely the top of the mountain for Embiid. Maybe he's could be just as good for another one or two, maybe three years, but 
you know, odds are with his injury history and his age and, and the continuous failure, this is probably the top of the mountain for him, him, you know, a couple weeks fresh off of the MVP. I would, tr- I would sell high and get the, you know, get a Durant S call for him. But ideally what I, but it's, there aren't many Durant S calls that I see out there. And the one thing I, we got the, so we're t- 24 hours from knowing who's going to, win the ping pong ball lottery for the Victor Wembenyama sweepstakes. And I think there are two teams that could win that lottery that would actually trade the number one pick for Joel Embiid. As we said, Embiid needs to be with a killer. And uh, the two teams in the lottery that I think have those killers that could pair with Embiid are Dallas to pair him with Luca. I think Dallas would be desperate enough that if they got the number one pick, they would punt on a future with Wembenyama to try to win now and put Embiid and Luca together. I think that makes sense for both teams. I think that's enough of a haul for Joel Embiid at the, at the peak of his of his powers. And I think Portland is the other team, and they have better odds to win the lottery. But I think Portland, one last-ditch effort to put a legitimate fucking MVP with Dame to try to win one in Portland, and I would do that. I would send Embiid to Portland for the number one pick, or I would send him to Dallas for the number one pick. Any of the other teams in the lottery – I don't see them punting on a future with the next fucking the most hype prospect since LeBron James for Embiid. They, the timelines just don't match up. But Dallas and Portland, I, I could see it, and I would do it. I would do it, oh. and I would rebuild around fucking Maxi Melton, B-ball Paul at the four, Wembenyama stretch five, bring in Nick Nurse, have him fucking create an X's and O system around these fucking young guys. And I think we're still a playoff team at that point. I think we make the playoffs again next year. And I think we're good, really good for a long time, depending on how good Wembenyama is. And it's just a fresh start with a legitimate franchise player more than likely. But obviously that's too wishy-washy. What are the odds that one of those teams actually wins the lottery tomorrow? So 13.5%. Right. Okay. There you go. I'll uh, thank you, JB, the fucking odds maker of the pod. Vegas JB, but so that's you know whatever that's not going to happen. But and if that wait, assuming that wait, doesn't we're, happen, we're all yes though for that, right? First yeah, overall pick, go for Embiid, yeah, we'd all do that. Embiid for the number one pick, and it's probably only Portland or Portland or Dallas that that would do it. We'd all yeah. do it. I yeah. yeah. Who cares what the team is? I'm 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 give me Wembenyama. Wembenyama, <laughs> yeah, Wembenyama with Maxi and Bebop Paul. Oh my god. Yeah, I would fucking do that, but that's probably not going to happen. So. <clears throat> I am one more year with Sam Cassell as the coach. And I think there's one archetype of player that we are just, we don't have any fucking wings. We're playing two power forwards against the, against the Celtics who go two guards and two wings at all times. It's fucking Niang and PJ Tucker and Tobias Harris. Two or three of them are on the court at the same time at all times. It's like, Ah, I feel like I'm in the Truman show. You ever see that fucking movie? I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. It's like, what are we doing? This is unsustainable. We need a fucking wing. We need a three and D wing. We need a fucking guy like Marcus smart or Draymond green or another PJ Tucker with some fucking screws loose. And I go and get a fucking Dylan Brooks. Give me fucking Dylan Brooks. (laughs) Put him, put that psychotic motherfucker with, you know, fucking, he's out of his fucking mind. Put him in a in a, <laughs> an environment with PJ Tucker to fucking reel him in and put his put his arm around him and 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 get him in line and fucking give me a crazy motherfucker out there at the wing position that shoots thirty five percent from three that can you know at least try to get in the other team's head and fuck it, go try one more time with a with a crazy fucking lunatic on the wing like that. And I think a guy like that makes a huge difference. Call me crazy, I would do it because guess what. <laughs> 
they don't three and D wings don't grow on trees. And the fucking guy gets a bad rap, but I've always personally liked him. I, I he pisses you off when you play him, but when that guy's on your team, you fucking I feel like he's like PJ Tucker. You know what I mean? He's a fucking he's a crazy person. So run it back with Sam Cassell as the coach. One more year, hard and opt in. Toby plays out the last year of his contract. And uh year four maxi, B ball Paul in the rotation all year. Go get fucking Dylan Brooks for cheap and give him a fucking one year minimum contract to see if he wants to prove himself and stay in the league or not. And if that doesn't work out, then you fucking trade Embiid for the best offer and blow it up. <laughs> you know what my takeaway from that is? And and Dave, you said it. We were right there in game six. Makes me feel like my take was a little reactionary. <laughs> I mean, we all our flaws that we've had, and we've called it out. You said yourself, we played two power forwards. We're paying half our salary to Tobias Harris. And we took the best team in the league to seven games. Right. That's what like I'm saying. In, we played that. This should have been. This should have been the finals. The Sixers versus the Celtics should have been the NBA finals. Whoever they're going to win it all. Because guess what? Whoever won this series is going to win the fucking championship. Because they were the two best teams left, and we were, took them to Game Seven. You're right there. You're they right there. Two, game Seven down by three at halftime. Totally crap. You crumbled like fucking feta cheese in the in the second half. But fucking, <laughs> I don't know. I'd run it back one more time. Sam Cassell is the coach. Go get Dylan Brooks to see if he wants a second chance in the NBA. And all of a sudden, we got a dog at the biggest position in need. And maybe fucking PJ gets him under control. Who knows? And we don't have a draft pick this year, right? Nope. Um, we have no draft picks. Ouch. It's like if you could just fill that team with normal wings, maybe something's there. But well, uh, isn't that on our boy Daryl? Like, why didn't he do that? I feel like he's done he's done pretty well with giving the circ since he's been here. The only Kobe. bad thing he's done is uh fucking Montrez Harrell and Dwayne Dedman. And like that's his that's DeAndre free agent. like Daryl's DeAndre Jordan. Daryl's strong suit is not fucking free agency in the buyout market. He's a drafter and a trader. He got hired three days later. We had the draft. He picked Maxi 19th overall, B ball Paul 44th overall. Fucking unbelievable. Drafted Springer, who's got a future here. And uh, we didn't, I don't think we, we traded our pick. Okay, so he dumps Horford for Danny Green and then flips Danny Green for fucking, and a first round pick for DeAnthony Melton, who I hope is here for a long time. Unbelievable. Way to parlay fucking shit into garbage into gold, as Mark Zumoff would say. Josh Richardson flips him, heists Dallas for Seth Curry. Seth Curry is an integral player for us for a couple years. Flips him with Ben Simmons for James Harden. Gets out of the Ben Simmons mess. Like, again, garbage into gold. That's what a good GM does. They play chess. They don't play checkers. I hope Daryl is is here for the forever. I hope he's the fucking president of basketball operations for the next decade. And especially if there comes a time where we do have to trade Embiid for the best haul, I trust Daryl to get that best haul. He'll sniff it out and he'll get it. And uh, I, I don't worry about that. I w- worry with Elton Brand or somebody stupid like that at the helm. But I know that Daryl will milk whoever the fuck ends up getting Embiid someday, and uh, we'll get the we'll get the most for it. And I, I trust him with with the with the wheel. I trust him at the wheel. I'm with you. I don't want to. I don't think he needs to go as a scapegoat at all. But it does piss. He he's nailed all the the chess moves. You're you're spot on. All those moves are phenomenal. But why can't he play a little bit of chess or checkers like? If if this was so obvious that we needed wings, then I don't care about all the great deals you've done. Get us a damn wing. You got Jaden McDaniels. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't make the rotation. 
And if if Halliburton was on the deal, I think getting Harden over Halliburton was definitely a checkers, not chess move. You, but still no wings. You you would still go with Harden. Trading for Harden was the checkers move. Trading uh, for Halliburton would have been the chess move. Yeah. He played checkers yeah. there. I never but, wanted uh, to know if it was a real offer or not. It'll hurt too bad. Mm-hmm. I, I Zach Lowe said today, or was it Bill Simmons? I, I I think there have been various reports that he he was on the table. God damn, Halliburton. He went on <laughs> he went on Niang's podcast shortly yeah, he thereafter. Thought, he thought and he, he said that he got the call or no, he was Niang went on a podcast who said Halliburton was calling Niang on a cell phone, and Niang was like, oh, the, like they thought. Halliburton's agent said he was going to get traded. Halliburton called Niang and was like, I think I'm getting traded to the Sixers. And he, it was the Pacers for Sabonis. So it was definitely on the table. On the table. Yeah, 100%. Uh, now, I, now I'm questioning what I want to happen. Uh, I don't, I think Embiid's going to be here. I have no idea about Harden. And Toby off the team seems to be too good to be true. No one's but taking Toby's thirty nine million. I, I, I would have year. to think it's a lot easier this next year to to trade Toby and um, who said it, Joe? Like I wasn't even mad at Toby after this. he's mm-hmm. the only one who showed up in Game Seven. Him and Maxi. Yeah, he led us in scoring nineteen. I mean, I Toby's mean, like when he started, <laughs> he had this five year deal and all that money. Like that's peak. I hate you. Now yeah. he's got. He's like he's on a two year deal every year that passes. Now he's on a one year deal. Like I, I, I could tolerate that. We took I, on a salary dump. Year five of the Toby Max. Here we are. I got to admire his effort on defense because he should have had no chance versus Tatum and Brown. And yeah, he tried. He tried his hardest. He just he's not good. He was just um, always set up for failure because of the situation. It's a shame. I, I get he's overpaid and he he's overpaid and he doesn't compliment our core players. Yeah, and he's like, he's thinking about his investing options two hours before yeah. Game Seven. Yeah. Um, Elton. Jesus, how's he? <laughs> yeah, how is Elton still? That's unbelievable. Elton, Elton official. Um, just for the record, who do you blame most for the the series loss? I don't know. We we've had Embi- reasons. I don't know if we actually said who. Dave. Embiid, I blame Embiid. Embiid yeah. gets this one easily. Junior nodding in agreement. Yeah, has to be Embiid. I, I mean Embiid and Harden, but if I have to pick one, Embiid. Because at least Harden won us two games yeah. and played decent, played decent in another one. I was like going towards Harden, but he did win us two games and Harden played amazing in our three wins. Yeah, and but it's just it's just very telling when the other four losses. It's it kind of outweighs those that good play. It was that bad. I think he shot less than like twenty percent, and I don't. I'm not. Sure. I think he was hitting like five percent of his threes. Can't believe so. you guys run that back. Oh God, that makes me sick. I, I Dylan, know, Dylan when, Brooks, when, Dylan Brooks, the great equalizer, JB. Dylan Give it a Brooks, chance. <laughs> I, when Dave, Dave put no one commented on that. By the way, I know you guys hate him. I know you guys don't want it. Oh, pass, <laughs> pass, hard pass. I, you know what? I take Dylan Brooks over Harden. I just can't do the Harden <laughs> offense. I can't do the night on, night off, and the terribly. I'd rather just be like a. I'd rather be an eighth seed team. <laughs> But but Dave know. kind of I think put it I in think if, I think if you just if you just take this fucking team that went to game seven with Boston and just put Dylan Brooks on it, I think we probably win the fucking series, probably. We were right there. We were okay. right there to beat them. And I don't know, you guys yeah. tell me what you think. I think we were the best team remaining if we beat the Celtics. Yeah. Dave, you, you think we win the championship if we beat the Celtics? Yes. I think we win the championship if we beat the Celtics. 
June, Joe, what do you think happens if we beat the Celtics? I think we we get take care of uh, the Heat, but I I don't think the the West would have been a complete cakewalk. I mean, I, I, I think would be I think we'd be the favorite, but we're uh, who who is they even playing? Who is it? Nuggets, Denver, Lakers, 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 and Nuggets. Oh, if we lost to the Lakers, it'd be even worse. Um, just if we kidding. lost to the Nuggets, uh, it would be even worse. Uh, oh, whatever. I like Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. No, I can't. I won't go there. I can't. Oh, uh, we would have probably lost to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I don't. I don't I, think it's crazy. That's that's. I, we get out coached. Agreed. I don't think it's crazy because of the six. It's the Sixers, but like the, the Celtics are. I think the Celtics are by far the best team in the in the, in the league. I really Same. do. And they were we a were, matchup nightmare, and we were right there. Down by three at halftime in Game Seven. We were right there, um, and had an opportunity to close it out oh. in Game Six. Dylan Brooks makes five threes in that Game Six with Sam Cassell <laughs> coaching. You kidding me? But next year, uh, is back in, and the Celtics are still good. Hmm. Boston, Boston, Boston. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford. How many fucking years in a row have they played together? Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. How many years Fuck in a row have they played together? I can't. More, more than anymore. more than two and a half. Dave, can um, I say you are in peak form? Like you are thriving right now. Off season, baby. Make good points. I don't disagree with anything. It's just I can't. I don't know if I could tolerate it. That's yeah. why we got to pray that Dallas or Portland win the lottery tomorrow night, baby. Then we can really kick off this fucking rebuild. Bring them home, baby. <laughs> Wemby, how it's I don't know. Wemby, Embiid, it's a little too close, and they're both French. I don't know. It's a little scary. Okay. That, uh, um, I'm sure you guys are, are aware of Jalen Carter on falling to the Eagles in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Reports today are saying he looks pretty good in practice. Could he have tanked wow. his way to the Eagles? Maybe John Morant is trying to get out of Memphis. Ja Morant. And I think Ja's fantastic. Do you think Maxie's better? Uh, maybe that's maybe it's a little, you know, a little ja win win. You give us Ja Morant, we get a, a modern guard in this NBA, and you could have not the, prehistoric not, Embiid. Not the grizzly I have my eye on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, real quick before we head out, let's start with June. What are you doing with your free time now? Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna be sleeping before 9 p.m. every night. Oh man, this uh, I I'm looking forward to this. But I guess before, if this is like the last stretch, you know, before the series, if you told me that the Sixers would be up three two, like holy shit, man! Like we were there. We were there. Fuck. We were there, and we'll be there again next year. That, real quick, that could have changed the entire course of history with how badly Boston has dominated us for 40 years. Mm-hmm. 41 years since we beat Boston in the playoffs. 41 years. Yep. And Tatum was a no-show for the first, like, six games, and Brown's already outspoken. They, if they we, were if giving it to us. And, and they gave us the chance to tear their franchise down the middle. And yes. And – Instead, we made them ten times stronger. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like, easily <laughs> easily the worst loss or worst moment in the Embiid era, right? Because like we we could have changed everything. We 
now we're we're here doing an hour and 15 minute long podcast about what the Sixers should do. I'm saying blow it up. You guys, you know, was, we have mixed feelings and we could have been in the Eastern Conference Finals and we already had the whispers with Jalen Brown, like kind of unhappy there. And we could have fallen apart and Al Horford would have been older. But instead, the Celtics just continued their good fortune against us. They they got Tatum over us. They gave us Al Horford only to embarrass us, then come back and embarrass us again and shut down Embiid again. Man, we uh, – I really needed that one. But, like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of at peace. Like, I'm not as devastated, I feel like, I sh- as I should be mm-hmm. right now. Um, and that was the worst loss. Game six was the worst loss in Sixers history, at least my Sixers history. Um, I still think yeah. the quadruple doink was worse. I I fully disagree. I fully mm-hmm. disagree. After the quadruple doink, I feel like there was still hope. I mean, and we know what it became, but this one, it just, it feels bleak. It feels bleak, and it could have been so much different if they just turned it on for one half of the fourth quarter in game six. Were we up one for the quadruple doink, or were we tied? Tied. Okay, because right. we still would have beat them in overtime, and we still yeah. had to play the. We still would have had to play the Bucks. We have the <laughs> A seed Heat in front of us, and then we would have had to play the Warriors. And maybe yeah. Kevin Durant. And, and Kevin you don't Durant know if they probably doesn't. Hurt. Yeah, right. Kevin Durant probably doesn't tear his Achilles. I I think we're better than the Lakers. I think we're better than Nuggets, and I think we're better than the Heat. And this was the year. Yeah, this was the year. This, this was the year. This was more so. Maybe even more so than the Hawks year too. Oh, yeah. by far. Yeah, yeah I, by far. We've had chances. We've had opportunities. And we choked. Joel and B choked. Dave, what are you doing in your free time now? Oh, I'm just getting started on the trade machine, baby. Come on. (laughs) No, I after after so my my Sixers exorcism came in the bubble loss. And uh that is when I was the most hopeless. That was just before just before Daryl came in on his on his white knight, on his white horse to save us, the shining horse, whatever the saying is. And uh, we had just got swept out of the first round by Boston. Brett broke the chair. We had maxed out Al Horford, and we've, we were early in the Tobias five-year extension. And uh, it just really looked dark, man. It was dark, and that's when I really got into crypto and hot yoga and F45 and Pokemon cards and golf. And uh, so, But then Daryl came, and I was back on the Sixers, and I have really have been since. So, you know, Daryl brought me back in. As long as, he, as he's here, honestly, I'll be in because I like – GM fantasy basketball more than the real sport itself. And Daryl makes that fun. So, uh, but I have, it's golf season, baby. That's what I'm up to. It's primarily I'm golfing. I'm looking at charts, you know, dollar cost averaging into the strongest asset in the history of the world and uh, stacking sats, baby. That's all. That's what I'm up to. How about you, Nuge? Um, Going to Amsterdam and Copenhagen next week. Oh, so. you should do mushrooms. Do a little legal there. <laughs> I, I probably should after this loss. Yeah, you'll find you go Maybe find yourself, man. Look inwards. <laughs> I'll figure out what we do in the off seasons. I'll just have a. Yeah, there you go. Like, oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, I'll call Daryl. I'll call Daryl up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> bit of bit of traveling. Um, I got the new Zelda game. I'll be playing that. F forty five. Me and JB yeah. are accountability buddies. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce go. that right? Yep. Um. So yeah, I I I have shows to catch up on. Maybe a little Phillies baseball. Very much looking forward to the Eagles after the schedule got released. Really big on the Eagles. 
planning some tailgates. You guys are all welcome. Uh, and yeah, and I'll tell you what, when six year season comes back, I'll be tuning in again. I'll I'll be fully tuned into the offseason and we're never escaping the Sixers. Let's, let's just be honest. We're Sixers fans. We're going to keep following them. We may not watch them the way we had with the Embiid error, but we will still always be paying attention. So, JB, last but not least, what are you doing in free time? Um, I played some good golf on Saturday, so now I'm, I'm with Dave. I'm hooked. I bought new shoes. I bought, yeah. I bought a new bag. So golf will be my physical hobby. I've been reading books, so if any of our six listeners have nice. any recommendations for wow. you guys, I would love them. Um, and then I'll I'll do some Zillow scrolling. If we're going to sell high on Embiid, I might as well buy high on something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. What, what are we calling this episode? What's what's the title for this episode? Putting you guys on the spot. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> we might have had that last year. I'll have to double check. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> like she said, it's a ritual every year. Yeah. Every year yeah. we do this. Yeah, it ain't broke. Um, fix. Yeah, there you go. Run it back. We're gonna we're gonna title it. Run, run it back. It back. Oh All right, guys. This was fun. This felt like therapy. Yeah, that, that's what it's for, baby. What it's as for. dark as it sounds, that was as fun of, of a podcast as I think we've done. So, guys, we're in it. We're in it together. Trust yep. the process, I guess. We, I we sold our souls, said. baby. We're we're st- we're in sold for life. Souls. Let's watch. Go those birds. Tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, right, ping, pong, yes. ping pong balls tomorrow, baby. That's, there you go. That's the last basketball I'll be watching. Yeah, for the summer. If, if and now, Portland, and the, I mean, I'll be watching the draft too. We're watching if the Portland draft. or Dallas win. We're having an emergency podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Know, so it was fun. Yeah. All right. Good night. Guys. Go birds. Go birds.